Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zook. And Josh Bashong. We're going to go right into a fascinating topic that's gripping Extension right now, and it's just kind of sweeping the nation, so to speak. Dana, backyard poultry is the new, I don't know, hobby? Is it a hobby? Is it a business? What, what would we call it? Well, I, I don't even know if we can call it a fad. It's, uh, it's a new, I guess a hobby is a good way to put it, Trent. I mean, I'm not good with words, so hobby sounds good. Hobby kind of like experience for people. It's a new uh, thing, just a new thing. Now we see this local food movement just become more and more popular. I think early on we we thought it might be a fad type of thing, but it's really taken off and it's been a great way for oh, small producers to to use small acreage. And, and we see a lot of that small farm, small acreage stuff. What What type of livestock can I keep? And poultry tend to be something that can fit in small spaces. So mm-hmm. you've brought on a guest to, to help us today. Would you like to introduce her? Yes. This morning, we have on Allie Miner to come talk to us. She's a new educator in Grady County uh, out of Chickasha, Oklahoma, but she hails from Arkansas. And so she has a little bit of a background in broiler production. And so her and I, over the last couple of months, have really bonded, so to speak, on this poultry thing. She's taken some in-service credits for backyard poultry, but really has a strong backyard poultry or strong poultry background. And so uh, I just thought it would be great to have her on. So welcome, Allie. Thank you. Yeah. So like Trent said, it's this small flock poultry that really has taken uh, extension by storm. And it's not only just the small acreages, it's even backyard people in urban areas, in small rural towns, in big cities. And so there's just a lot of people that haven't had an experience with livestock, which I, I consider chickens and other poultry as livestock. They haven't had an experience with livestock in the past. So it's a great educational topic right now for extension. So I, I did a little digging and, and Barry Whitworth, our extension veterinarian, we've had him on before. He has, he has told me this, but he reported this. So found this information. 2019, CBS News reported that 8% of U.S. households um, have some sort of backyard poultry. Uh, you know, it could be chickens, it could be ducks and that sort of thing. But that's 10 to 12 million people in the United States. Trent, I don't know. This is, this is a fad. This is kind of a... It's a new thing. Feels like every farm across the country, you know, say 50 years ago, had a chicken coop and a flock of chickens. And that was one of the primary sources of food. Yeah, I go back into my family and, and talk. And it hasn't been that long ago that they were slaughtering two or three chickens on the farm every single day just for lunch or supper or what have you. You know, larger scale agriculture has kind of gotten away from some of that. But I think you see this resurgence where we're coming back kind of getting back to our roots and you see some of that, not as much slaughter going on, but I think you've seen quite a bit of that as well coming back, but, you know, egg production for sure being one of the main things that people are interested in. But old is new again. Yes. Yes. Everything comes back around. 
I think about that with, with clothing trends. I've always stayed the same clothing trend and it's come back around. So I'm popular. I wear popular things every so often. So chickens are popular every so often too. <laughs> Backyard poultry and fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just dive into a few basics of backyard poultry. So I want to start with a joke. What I want you guys to answer this. So what do you think came first, the chicken or the egg? That's to be the egg. Oh, we have 50-50. Trent didn't even answer because he's <laughs> still thinking. There's, there's got to be like a third option here, but move on. Okay. All right. <laughs> so neither one came first. The plan came first. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so we have to have a plan. All right. No matter what sort of good project you're doing, whether it's livestock production or it's a 4-H project or if it's planning a conference, you have to have a plan. So we're applying that to backyard poultry. And I think that is a big thing. Even if people have had poultry for a while, if you get some more chicks or something, you have to have a plan to bring them home. So I think one of the first things in our plan for especially for new people, people maybe in an urban area, more urban area is talking about, you know, thinking about ordinances. Can you actually have poultry where you're living? Allie, have you have any experience with answering questions about that? I mean, is there any, you know, do you think there's questions out in the public about whether they can have chickens in town and that sort of thing? What sort of experience have you had with that? Yes, I've had quite a bit since it varies from town to town. And when people move different from out of state to our area, they assume they can do the same thing they did. But every town's different. Like when I lived in Stillwater, they just now passed a year ago that can even have chickens in town. So definitely this new fat or it's changing. So it's good to say up to date if you can have chickens at all, if you can are allowed to have roosters or um, the, the limit, there won't be a number you can have. Yes. So what is your local ordinance in Chickasha? Do you know, do they have an ordinance? Um, I, how honestly, does that go? I honestly do not know. This county is so royal. There's not, it's kind of brief. It's not really super um, in depth on what it is. So they kind of like, if you're not bothering your neighbors, if you're not taking it to the nth degree and having, you know, 50 laying hens in your backyard, then you're probably good, right? Yeah, I think, as long as no one reports you, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you just got to be very neighborly, don't have lots of noisy roosters, although they are the most beautiful uh, of the breeds, but they, they can be kind of annoying at times. But mm -hmm. yeah, if you're moving from a rural area, you can't just assume when you move into town or move into kind of a um, these days, a subset of houses, um, you can't just assume that they allow poultry, especially these new developments that are going into rural areas. I think there's a lot more laws and that sort of thing. Josh, you probably don't have an issue with that where you live. Do you any ordinances or anything? No, I'm more or less out in the boondocks. I don't yeah. have a neighbor for half miles. So. And Trent, where you live, it's kind of a semi urban area. Do you know what the ur ordinance is over there? Oh, I've live in an area that's zoned agriculture so okay. technically you could have you could have whatever you wanted to i know as a being a good neighbor i know what i don't want to smell and i don't want to see <laughs> so i could you can get into some of that and and there's also probably some health concern i mean you can see some diseases from birds to humans and there's a lot of that in the in the news i don't know if you want to talk some about that that things to be concerned about 
Absolutely. Um, so that's a really good point. You don't, you want to think about what you're going to do. If you're thinking about chickens, you want to think about what you're going to do with a manure because chickens produce manure, like a lot, any livestock. What are you going to do with the manure? What are you going to do if you have a bird that dies? What's kind of your plan, you know, thinking about where those things go. I, I don't think a lot of, uh, garbage kind of disposal companies like to see dead animals in their garbage cans. So that's one thing to think about. Um, and burial in your backyard is not great. So those are some things your neighbor doesn't probably want to deal with those. Now from a safety health and safety standpoint, people should understand the risks of poultry salmonella risk, um, especially poultry and other birds. They just carry a lot of things that can affect humans. And especially a lot of people that don't have the immunity built up from many years on the farm. I, I know my, I grew up on a farm, but my children have been raised primarily in town. And so they wouldn't have an immunity um, that I would to some of those types of things. So salmonella, we just encourage um, you a lot of hand washing. Don't put chickens close to your face, although they are very cute. So hand washing is, yeah, well, <laughs> well trends. Now I know how you feel about all this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're just getting past Easter time. And so, you know, in the past, I've seen people, you know, uh, have pictures with their kids, with the baby chicks and that sort of thing. And, and while that is fun, we need to keep in mind, you know, these are actual birds and livestock that carry a lot of diseases. And we want to make sure that you um, young people are supervised around birds, kids, even though it's their project, you got to supervise them. Older people have a, um, you got to watch them. Uh, they have a com compromised immune system. A lot of times, uh, pregnant people, pregnant women, and, um, the, any sort of immune compromised person could be really impacted by some of these diseases that chickens carry. So thanks for leading me into that Trent. Cause we were going to talk about that. So within the plan, you know, consider those types of things, ordinances, kind of the health impacts that could, you could have, if you follow kind of those things, you can really, um, it can be a rewarding experience. So the next thing I would want to think about is as you're thinking about getting poultry, what is the purpose of the birds? What are the purpose, what kind of, even before you decide what kind of breed you're going to get, what do you want to do? You want to eggs? Do you want to butcher some chickens, uh, or eat, eat, you know, raise them for meat, or do you want to show them? So Allie, what, what sort of guidance would you have as far as that goes? Yeah. So there's three primary different kinds of, um, poultry. You have your layers, your broilers, which are meat chickens, and then you have dull purpose that can uh, be used for both. And I think this, um, is a problem for most people. They don't, they just think chickens, they're both for meat and eggs. And they're all not, even though they all produce eggs to some extent, it's not the quality isn't as high. You're not just going to get as many eggs that you're expecting. Then people end up all these chickens don't know what to do with them. because it's not what they wanted. They just dove into a project and didn't like research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a good example is I've seen a lot of straight run chicks in the stores. I don't know exactly why. Typically you can buy either a straight run or, you know, pullets, which are egg laying, um, eventually egg laying hens. If you get straight run chicks, likely to have 50% roosters. Keep that in mind. They may be cheaper, but what are you going to do with all those roosters when they're done? Are you prepared to eat them <laughs> or you're prepared to find homes for them? That sort of thing. So that's a really good point. 
Another thing to keep in mind with your ordinances, just because you don't have, um, not able to have roosters, doesn't mean you still can't get a chicken to produce eggs. It will still produce eggs, they just won't be fertile. Perfect. So as long That's as you like- don't want to hatch chicklings, then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just so everybody knows, you don't need to have a rooster to have eggs. So don't deal with those ornery roosters if you don't have to, if you just want eggs. And um, very good point, Allie. I've, sometimes I forget to mention that, but <laughs> it is a good point. People don't always know that. Do people have a great idea of how mean roosters actually are? Because I used to have one. He, I thought he was my buddy until he flogged me at least twice running across the yard. And it got to where I'd have to like plan where he was and like map out a way I could get around him because he would actively hunt me like a velociraptor <laughs> off Jurassic Park. And I, you know, if I'd have been older, I might've found different ways to deal with that rooster, but at the time it was relatively scary. And, and I think it's something to think about if you have small children around. They can smell fear, Trent. That is true. <laughs> Especially those leghorns, man. I, I will admit I have never been flogged by a rooster. I, you know, I've never, we didn't have them when I was growing up. We didn't have chickens and, but I do have lots of people that I know talk about, they are kind of aggressive at times. I think there's certain breeds that are more aggressive too. And, um, so yeah, they are dangerous and they could really hurt a small child if they're not supervised. And the trauma is being traumatized by that event. It's going to shape the way that kid thinks about poultry the rest of their life too. So. Maybe that's what happened to Trent. I'm not going to be kissing any chickens. (laughs) It kind of goes back to what you were saying, Dana. Like poultry are livestock. They're more viewed as pets, but they need to be considered and handled like livestock. Very good point. If you've determined kind of what you want and what you need, what do we need to do before we bring chicks home, Allie? What sort of preparations do we need? Do the chick, can the chicks just go right out into the hen house? No. Well, it depends, like you were saying, if you get straight chicks or the pullets. But um, no, if you get straight chicks, you definitely need a brooder or some area to keep them contained in a smaller space and keep them warm in a place that's not too drafty. Yeah, so it's also good to have the feed ready to go, the water ready to go, a decent type of really absorbent bedding all ready to go when you bring them home. Because Uh, A lot of the farm stores put them in that cute little box that's not heated. And so you need to get them home under a heat lamp. And we have some good recommendations online and I'll um, put those in the show notes. But as far as brooding chicks, you know, the temperature uh, decrease over time. So close to hundred degrees at first, you know, 90 to hundred degrees is where they need to be at. And then it slowly decreases over time, but it's, pretty important they can't really control their body heat and so it's pretty important to have that it's crucial to have that sort of heat lamp or there's some other tricks like putting the heat lamp off to one side so they can move to find the cooler or warmer areas right Mm -hmm. yeah so if the chicks are all spread out you know it's good it's good to see them kind of all spread out comfortable but if they're way to the edges you know it's too hot And if they're really close to the heat lamp where it's at, it means that there's drafts or it's too cold. So you can really judge the the temperature while I wish, I hope that people would use a thermometer, you know, hanging in kind of the area where the chicks are at. Um, You can really judge the temperature and how comfortable the chicks are by their behavior. Another thing to consider is chicks grow really fast. So you want to make sure their coop is ready to go as soon as possible. Yeah. It could be, you know, within six weeks, eight weeks. 
and you know how fast time goes. It just, they grow so fast. And, and so you, it's good to, once you get them, have them in the brooder, just really start thinking about where am I going to go with these guys? Um, probably some protection early on as they're still maturing is important. Um, I'm not sure about the, the free range situation right away. Experienced poultry producers probably could do that, you know, put young, young pullets in a free range situation, but it might be good to keep them in a little bit more enclosed area because there's always that neighborhood cat. <laughs> Everything likes chicken, right? The taste of chicken. Are guineas considered backyard poultry? I think so. I I've, mean, they're kind of annoying and loud. There's definitely probably going to be ordinances against having guineas. <laughs> probably. <laughs> that is one of the ugliest birds I've ever seen in my life. I think they're hilarious looking. I don't think they're completely ugly, but I don't know. They're just very funny. I see them people. I don't even think they would stay in a backyard unless they were enclosed. They're just very, they wander a lot. Um, I see them along my drive home. They are out on the road. I don't ever see a dead one though. They might be smart. Maybe they're they, some smart backyard poultry. They usually come back to where they, they roost. We had about a hundred when I was growing up and they would always go out during the day, but every night they'd always come home. Really? So then did you lock them up at night or did they just, you just, they just had a barn. They are smart or they're just scary. Yeah, they have a be, natural alarm system too. You can tell something's going on outside. They start. Somebody might hear that, you know, guineas are good at eating ticks and things like that, which they can be, but they will spend a lot of time in the road. <laughs> and if a raccoon can get to their roosting site, you won't have guineas very long. They'll take one a night and, and your guinea flock will be gone. At least that's my experience. That's just, they sell them at the same place. That's why I bring it up. And it's, there's, yeah. With, along with the ducks, the geese and the guineas and the, and the chicks are all usually in the, that one little area. And they're very, very different animals. Yeah. So definitely ducks, right? Ducks and any waterfowl, you bring them home. They're a totally different animal than a chicken. So they require water and of course, and all that types of things, but definitely need some different care. And so everything you see at that farm store is going to have kind of slightly different need and nutrition, which, you know, gets us into the next topic. So uh, I always say, Hey, find a good bagged feed. What's your sort of recommendation for nutrition for chickens, Allie? It's definitely a full ration. Most people think they can just throw their leftover foods out there and they're good to go. They still have a pretty, it's not super high nutrition, nutrition requirement, but they're still trying to produce eggs and everything. And definitely through molting season, like you want to make sure their nutrition's up so they don't get sick. Yeah. And so I always say a, a good bagged feed that you can find at a farm store if they eat it and it's got a vitamin mineral package in it. That's great. It's hard to get, um, a lot of people ask about your know, customized rations and it's really hard to get the right amino acids and protein needs, specific needs for birds when you're mixing it yourself, unless you can find a premix. So for most small producers, I say, you know, it's really most cost-effective to buy a bagged feed and you want that feed specific to the production stage of the chicken. So you want to feed chick feed, chick starter to baby chicks. You want to feed laying hen ration, a laying hen ration to producing laying hens or, or, or pullets that are just coming into laying. If you have broilers, you need a specific broiler ration. Otherwise you will come up with a lot of, um, sort of developmental issues um, with those broilers. 
And we haven't talked about that much, but that's a whole different deal too. And Allie, you grew up on a, a broiler operation, right? Yes. So you have a lot, you know, a lot more about it than I do even. So from there, so do you know from their nutritional stand, you know, needs, what is a little bit different about broilers compared to laying hens? Well, since our broilers were for Tyson, a little bit different was um, they had to meet a certain weight by a certain time. Mm -hmm. So they're eating a lot more than what just your normal backyard poultry is going to. Yeah. So a laying hen ration has a really high calcium requirement, as you would expect. They're producing those Mm -hmm. eggs, producing the eggshells. And so you would never want to feed that high calcium feed that laying hen feed to broilers, because while calcium is good, it's like four times the amount of what they would need. And it would really mess up their whole system, kidney issues, bone development issues. And so that's really important. And actually it's a, it's an issue with people who aren't as informed about it. So that's one big difference. As far as that goes, it's the nutrition for backyard poultry is simple. Follow the, you know, put feed the right feed according to the stage of production and the, the right feed to the you know specific bird that you're feeding. One thing I often see on some of the backyard uh, coops and stuff is that eventually you end up with just bare dirt. How much importance is there to green foliage to the diet? So, um, good question, Josh. So a lot of times it's okay. I mean, um, broilers in a, well, for, for eggs, are you specific to eggs, Josh? You're talking about egg eggs or anything. So, so commercial poultry are raised in indoor facilities, you know, in confinement with no green foliage, though it is good. If you have them in the backyard, um, it does brighten the yolk. If you have some green foliage for them to consume, although there are additives, natural additives to some of these rations that help make them have a really yellow yolk in the egg. But I think in a backyard situation, if you're able to move that coop around, I think that that helps with the lifestyle of those hens, makes them more comfortable, gives them something to do, scratch around and that sort of thing. So that would be kind of a chicken tractor or a movable um, facility. And those are really easy when you just have a few birds, like four, four hens and that sort of thing. And I've seen people have success with that. Um, bare dirt. I mean, you will start to smell things, you know, if it gets wet or if it's really muddy. So it's good to have another option for the hens, especially in Oklahoma. You know, sometimes we can go through weeks where it's just really wet. And, um, I think it's important from the keeping the smell down and that sort of thing is keeping things dry, having maybe another option to put your birds in a good question, Josh. Allie, since you come from more of a production background is vaccinating backyard flocks is that something that is done or or do you see do you see that going on very often where you are it's definitely something that should be done um does it get done a lot i don't think so it also goes back to like where you buy your chicks you won't really want to buy your chicks from people who are certified and who have proven they are vaccinated so backyard poultry i think it's it's a struggle for some people but that's exactly right ali when you purchase your chicks, especially if you order them through the mail, which is a very common way to get them, you can ask for certain vaccinations and, um, you know, Merrick's disease and that sort of thing. We can talk about health in a, in a future episode, but there are probably two to three vaccinations that are pretty important, um, for, uh, birds to have Newcastle disease, um, and that sort of thing. So, you know, might be a, a topic for future use, but it's important to have those chickens vaccinated because in the backyard poultry industry can really affect commercial 
operations if we get some of those diseases um, into our area. Another tip is to um, look for hatcheries and producers that are involved in the National Poultry Improvement Plan. Yeah, so a lot of hatcheries have that. A lot of growing facilities are involved in that. And it just helps monitor poultry diseases, helps with keep um, inform, inform producers on vaccinations and that sort of thing. It, um, so that's very important, a very good, um, thing to add Allie. So let's wrap up with, um, just talking a little bit about housing and that sort of thing. Uh, Allie, what is your kind of advice to a new poultry producer or new poultry owner who wants to get, can get birds, they know what they want, um, what sort of housing do you recommend? Well, you definitely want a spot where they can uh, go out and scratch and be out in the open, but a place where they can come back and be completely protected from the outdoors. Um, a location, I think, is very key. Like you don't want them surrounded by trees. You kind of want them in a more open area so they're away from like, the owls and the hawks. And I think placement of your fences and how deep you should go is another thing. So no one, uh, no one, sorry. No predator will go under those fences. Very good. And you can add wire if you have um, poultry in kind of with a run. You can add wire to the top to protect them from some of those raptor type birds, owls and hawks, especially when they're smaller. I know some people who even have a automatic door that opens and closes um, at night and in the morning if they're not there all the time, which is very interesting. And I, I always wonder if the birds like get stuck in it, but the producer said, no, that that particular producer said, no, it works really good. And it keeps them safe in the coop at night. Um, so like I said earlier, everything likes the taste of chicken. So you've got to maybe plan for that. Um, some people don't have issues with predators, especially if they're out in the open, but in a backyard situation, it could be skunks and, um, you know, a neighborhood cat that gets out and, and can really wreak havoc on your flock. Yeah, Allie, thanks you so much for joining us today. That's been a great topic on backyard poultry. I think that's something we'll probably have to visit again at some point. There's just so much that goes into it. But I think for those of you out there listening, just keep in mind that it's a living being, it's a living animal, and you're, you're, you have to be prepared to take care of that animal. And it's going to take several weeks before it can really rely on itself for protection and from the elements. And, and they're going to live a long time. You know, this is a commitment for several years and just think about that as, as you're going forward, like with anything. But if you ever have questions about keeping backyard poultry, uh, feel free to contact your local county extension agent. I'm sure they would be more than willing to help you. It's something that's become a really big deal in OSU extension here recently. And I would remind people or, or let them know that we have an online poultry course that we have developed in the past year. And if you go to Oklahoma State, okstate.edu, you search for backyard poultry and it will come up with the backyard poultry page. And there's a lot of resources on there. There's fact sheets and there's a link to that online poultry course that is available to the public for $20. It's a really comprehensive, interactive course that I think even experienced poultry producers will um, find helpful. Now, check that out in our show notes and thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. 
Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.